This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 121, the comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 20th. Welcome to the show. This is Comic Shenanigans, and I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our comic reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, November the 20th. This is going up, uh, well, by the time it actually goes up, it's probably going to be Wednesday the 27th, but I am recording this late on the 26th. Uh, once again, and I know people who are frequent listeners to the show are uh, tired of hearing this, but I'm apologizing for it going up late. I always mean for, theoretically, for the uh, show to go up on either Sunday or Monday, uh, after uh, after a Wednesday comic books. Uh, unfortunately, that has not been the case, at least for the last month, as instead the episodes have routinely been going up on late Tuesday night, which is a little bit late, and I do apologize, because obviously it's not as current and suddenly new comics coming out, and who cares about last week's comics, so I do apologize for uh, for that delay. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, in terms of upcoming episodes, episode 122, uh, I was actually uh, soliciting some suggestions, because usually I like the non-reviews episodes to be episodes where I do with a special guest, but unfortunately, um, I don't, wasn't able to get a guest this this week. Uh, just, the schedules did not quite align properly. Um, before I actually mention upcoming episodes, I should say that uh, I was very appreciative to have Leon Orlana back on the podcast for the first time in I think fifty episodes. Uh, he was on episode one twenty, which is our Talking Hero Clicks episode for Invincible Iron Man, which was uh, came out last week. Uh, I believe that episode went up on uh, Friday the twenty second. Um, so. Our next episode, episode 22, um, I had discussed with friend of the show and one-time guest uh, AJ Reese about you know what 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 he would like to hear on the show, and he came up with some good options. Uh, one I didn't think uh, was about maybe doing a video game episode, but I didn't feel right doing it without either Leon, uh, Paul, or Nate, or any combination thereof, as they're more the video game kind of experts than I am. I wouldn't call myself that as nearly as well versed in video games as those three. Uh, or uh, Amber, why am I restricting it just to the men? Also, uh, Amber struck as well, because uh, they're much more well-versed in that area. Uh, then we also have uh, a suggestion about indie books to read, but uh, I, unfortunately, just because I, I really have time to read the big two these days, let alone Image Books or any other uh, publishers, obviously I read Saga and I read Manhattan Projects, but I really haven't dipped my toe else, much elsewhere at the moment, so I wouldn't really be uh, a, a good person to kind of talk about that kind of stuff uh, in the comics that people should read when I really haven't read many recently myself uh, then uh, a listener uh, who goes on the HG Realms by the name of Danzig came up with a good idea um, he had actually asked me in a personal PM, um, so hopefully he's okay with me talking about it. Uh, he was like, you know, I like your show, I listen to the reviews episodes, um, I'm really interested to uh, hear what you've been saying about, you know, some of the current goings-on in the DC universe, and I might want to kind of get back into it, and uh, what would that take, and how would I do this, and what's been going on, uh, and maybe kind of a, an episode talking about that, and talking about the New 52. So I think either I'm going to do that, or I'm going to do what AJ had suggested, which was a discussion on omnibuses. Or rather, should I say omnibuy? Sorry, there's a little bit of a pause there. Um, I realized that I... I record all the episodes these days in my basement and I had the uh, this door open to my laundry room area which is where the furnace is and suddenly made it a lot more noise so there was probably maybe about 20 seconds there where it got extremely loud and maybe even hard to hear me uh, but thankfully that has died down for now. 
Um, so it might be about one of my favorite subjects, which is uh, Marvel omnibuses. And I'm not really sure which one I'm going to do. Um, I might do the episode on the DC New 52 next week. Uh, more to give myself more time to do research into what I want to kind of look at with the New 52. Uh, maybe uh, recapping some of the books, etc. Going back and reading some and doing... I really want to make sure that's a really good comprehensive episode. Um, so I think this week I might end up doing... I might change my mind tomorrow, but I might end up doing the Omnibus episode. Um, which is fitting, because I love nothing more than a Marvel on the buy. And uh, it would be like a gift to myself, because uh, on Friday, November the 29th, is actually my 30th birthday. So... Yay, I'm old now. Um, I'm sure there's some people listening to this podcast who are like, old? I'm much older than you. Fuck you. And other people are like, oh shit, you're old. I don't I don't know if I can listen to this guy anymore. He's over 30. Uh, that being said, having children ages you in a different way, or at least makes you feel a little bit more mature and older than 30 ever would. And now it almost seems like a, like a, well, I can't think of the word, but it's just an, it's an additional thing, but it's not like, oh my god, I'm so old. It's more like, oh my god, I'm, I have a baby. I'm, I'm an old man now. Oh, and I'm 30. So it's not as big a deal. Anyways, I've wasted five minutes. Let's talk about uh, this week's comics. I don't have a lot of time, and I've already wasted five minutes. Uh, first book I'm looking at is Avengers 23. Uh, this is yet another tie-in to Infinity. Uh, I really liked how this worked. It was a nice companion to the most recent issue of Infinity, kind of uh, setting up the, the drive towards actually coming back to Earth and uh, having the Avengers uh, take, on, take on Thanos. Um, a lot of this issue is more about taking back um, the peak, which is Sword's base. Uh, when you start, it, it's actually it's such a good issue. Uh, I like how it opens with uh, Tony being on Earth and and talking to the Cap. And I, there's a, a great um, a great line where he's like, "I feel like my mother's calling." We were only gone for a few days, Anthony. Care to explain what happened to the house? Hi, mom. I know it looks bad, but I'm really glad you're back. And then Cap being like. Me too, Tony. And uh, it's just kind of a funny little moment. Because it's easy to forget that, oh yeah, Iron Man wasn't even in in the air. He wasn't really taking part in Infinity, which is interesting. Um, and then you have uh, Captain America basically conferring with his war council, which essentially is Ronan, uh, Clerk, and uh, well, cause Captain Marvel just kind of gets to join up. And you got Oracle and Mentor there as well, and Gladiator. And they're all kind of trying to figure out how to take back the peak. Because um, obviously Thanos' general is in charge of there, and he, there's a lot of firepower, and there's a kill box or a sort of kill zone, and they have to f- find a way around it. So it's up to the Avengers and the Imperial Guard. Uh, a bunch of the Imperial Guard die because they're expendable, and the Avengers are not. Uh, I really like how Eden's been used as a, a, a conveyance, as a way of getting uh, closer. I do like the Shang Chi having a great moment against the Thanos general. Uh, which was really cool. I love Annihilus once in a while talking, and not, no one really listened to him that much. Um, having the Imperial Guard decide, you know what, screw this, we're going to go take on Thanos' general on our own, uh, which is a really cool badass moment as well. And seeing Ronan Mikus just sledgehammer the guy with the with his um, uh, his what, control rod or whatever it is in the face was pretty awesome. And seeing the Avengers uh, headed to uh, fight for Earth. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how that all ends this week. Uh, it was a really good issue. Uh, the artwork was great by Lana Francis Yu. Obviously, it's written by Jonathan Hickman. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Solid book all the way through. The artwork is fantastic. Um, there's just something about the way Hickman writes this book, which is different than when he wrote Fantastic Four. It just feels so epic, so big. When things happen, I mean, there's obviously a major epic storyline happening in FF, but it wasn't like this. It was. It still felt... 
it felt massive and it felt far-reaching, but it didn't it didn't somehow feel as epic in scope as this. I mean, he, and that's saying something because he had like Celestials, he had Franklin, you know, calling forth a Galactus of his own. Like there was a lot of heavy shit that went on there. But there's something about the way that the Avengers is being written that almost feels bigger and better than that, and somehow more substantial, which is an odd comment. Maybe it's because. You sometimes feel like there's less superpowers and more like they're just fighting a war. It's not just about who's got the most super powerful characters. They're fighting an actual war and there are going to be losses. And there's, you know, just ships after ships just being shot out of the sky. It's a little bit different than everyone having crazy powers and fighting a celestial with another guy who has the power of a celestial. Um, I guess maybe that's part of it. It's It feels more real world-ish. I say ish because obviously it's very not real world at all but this is something about epic space battles it, it does does somehow lend a little bit of more of humanity to it maybe that's what i'm looking for anyways uh moving on we have birds of prey number 25 this is a zero year tie-in uh this is absolutely dreadful uh there is nothing good about this issue uh, or almost nothing good about it uh, I think I gave it... Let me just check my, my ratings here. I gave it a 3. I don't even know why I gave it a 3. Um, it's written by, what, Christy Marks, with artwork by Romano Molinar. So I don't believe that's anywhere near anyone who's usually working on this book. I found the artwork... Maybe I was a little too harsh on the art, but I just I didn't care for it. I just found it very blasé. I found the story super boring about Dina Lance, or Dina Drake, or... Yeah, sorry, Dina Drake... Um, being at a dojo, we get to see a little bit of her past, how she ended up living at this dojo and, and gaining a sensei and then a sense of home and family. And then eventually uh, her sensei passes away. She inherits the dojo, tries to do her best to run it. Then the whole events of Zero Year happen. Uh, anyways, that's more than I even care to talk about. I just found this so dreadfully boring. I didn't care. I didn't connect to the character. Uh, the artwork I found really uninteresting, it, sketchy at times, and it just lacked a certain coherence. Um, I really, really did not like this. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Uh, next up is Forever Evil Rogue's Rebellion, number 2. I gave this a 5. Uh, part of it's that it's unfortunate. Brian Bucciolato does his best. Uh, Scott Hepburn is not the greatest artist, though, and I found his art just kind of weak. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it, maybe I'm a little hard by giving it a 5 out of 10, but, I mean, half the issue is not even really written by these characters, uh, these creators. It's basically already seen in Forever Evil, uh, the main series. So, I felt like it stood a on its own a little less, because, yes, it's nice that, you know, if you don't read that main miniseries, you're not, not, you're not missing anything, because uh, you're getting it all here. But at the same time, it's unnecessary, because who's buying this who's not actually you know, reading Forever Evil in some way. Uh, so you have, in Central City, you have the rogues being confronted by Deathstorm and uh, with Power Ring. Um, they don't want to kill people, and so they're kind of rebelling against the CSA. Uh, it's interesting that the rogues always kind of rebel against anyone who tells them what to do. Um, the, uh, their powers are kind of messed with by Deathstorm, including, uh, what's his name, uh, Captain Cold being siphoned out of his powers. Uh, they, as the rogues try to escape, Power Ring blasts the mirror, and for some reason it really interacts with it wonkily. And now uh, the mirrors don't quite work. Um, you have a bunch of the CSA, like the Archer, going up against, um, and oh, sorry, uh, the Archer and Parasite going up against uh, the rogues. You have, and you don't see a lot of Captain Cold because obviously he is, com 
doing his own thing in Forever Evil. Um, and at the very end of the issue, the rogues end up in Gotham, and obviously uh, Poison Ivy's got something planned for them. I just found myself a little bit bored. Um, I didn't find it that interesting. Um, I don't know. I expected a little bit more from Brian Bucciolato. Uh, I found the story a little bit boring uh, and just uninspired, maybe. And, and the artwork definitely felt uninspired. I think that might have been my main problem with it. It's just that it just felt like they didn't really care about it as much as maybe they should have. Anyway, hopefully moving on to bigger and better comics, uh, we have, oh, no, I was wrong, Harley Quinn number zero. I gave this a four out of ten, and I think I'm being charitable. Um, I'm actually going to downgrade that to a two. Um, I hated this. This was bad. I just did not care at all. I'm obviously not the right, uh, you know, reading, I'm not, I'm not the right audience for this, I guess. Um, I just found this incredibly tedious uh, it was everything I don't like about Deadpool, but to the nth degree. Um, because Deadpool I like, except for when they play it too gamey, too silly, and just too, you know, trying to be cutesy-cutesy, breaking the fourth wall. Uh, breaking the fourth wall used to be really cool when uh, John Byrne used to do it with She-Hulk. It was a little bit interesting when they used to do it with Deadpool. It has gotten to the point where it's just overused, it's trite, and I don't want to see it. And then Harley Quinn falls in exactly that trap. And I found it so boring. And I have no idea what this book's even going to be like or about. Because this is just such a horrible issue of, Haha, I know, I'm in a comic. I, I you know, I'm going to fall asleep thinking about comic books. And thinking about all the different writers who, sorry, artists who could illustrate me. Who the F cares? Um, it's written by Amanda Connor and Jim Lee Palmiotti, who are worthy of better than this. Uh, the artwork in the issue is done by, are you ready for this? This is a, a long list. Amanda Connor, Becky Cloonan, Tony S. Daniels, uh, sorry, Tony S. Daniels and Sandu Floria, uh, Stefan Rue, Dan Panosian, Walter Simonson, Jim Lee, Scott, sorry, Jim Lee and Scott Williams, Bruce Tim, Charlie Adlard, Adam Hughes, Art Balthazar, Trad Moore, Dave Johnson, Jeremy Roberts, Sam Keith, Darwin Cook, and Chad Harden. Um, the year is really, it's a horrible, horrible issue because it's just, Oh, I got a different artist, so we're going to tell a, a different type of this dream. I just found it, like, really boring and stupid. It didn't set up this book at all. Instead, it just, it was a giant waste. There's no reason to actually pick up this book. It wasn't funny. It was just tedious. Uh, it wasn't going anywhere. It was never going to go anywhere. It was just basically, look, we're doing a lot of different artists all in one spot. Yeah, that's not always enough, and it definitely wasn't enough here. And some of the shots were absolutely dreadful. Some of the artwork was good, but some of it was just, oh, are you serious? Uh, you can't just throw shit on the table and expect people to buy it. Uh, some of the best pages were not unexpected. I mean, Darwin Cook does a brilliant job. Jim Lee's was boring, and I just, yeah, this, I was glad when this was over. This was not a good read. It was a 2 out of 10, and I'm being a little bit charitable even saying that. Uh, then we have the new issue of Secret Avengers. Secret Avengers number 11. No, I think I missed an issue or two. Uh, that being said, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was good. Uh, it's an Infinity tie-in, although it didn't feel like as much of one in some ways uh, as other Infinity tie-ins have felt in the past. Um, you know, but it was it was interesting. I definitely like the sensibility of this book all the way through. It has been pretty good. Um, Anyways, and it's interesting because I don't even know who this writer is because it's not the writer who started the book. It's what Ed Brisson and artwork by Luke Ross. So at least there's that consistency in the art, artwork, which I appreciate. Um, you start off with like obviously 
you're on the helicarrier. Maria Hill is trying to find out what's going on uh, with Nick Fury's team, uh, what's going on against the alien invasion. Uh, Maria Hill and this other agent are trying to figure out what's going on with this, I guess, uh, in, in new, newly awakened and human. Uh, I know I missed the last issue because I don't really know what's going on here or how the Iron Patriots are even working with S.H.I.E.L.D. So I feel like I missed a few issues. Um, I did like seeing Coulson, uh, Nick Fury, and what looked like, really, really looked like Black Widow, but it turns out to be a, an agent who I guess has been in this book and is now also an Inhuman. Um, I, you have them fighting against this Inhuman and trying to escape, and uh, at the same time, Maria Hill's trying to send in men. She's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, Nick Fury, I don't even know what this, um, who this new Inhuman is called. Uh, I guess her name is... I don't even know. Garza, uh, I guess, and I guess Rhodey's in here, so I guess he's in the Iron Patriot armor. That I wasn't quite sure about as well. Um, basically, they just try to take down this this monster, this creature, um, and it's not much more needs to be said than that. I found it very interesting to see two newly enhanced Inhumans going up against each other. Uh, I liked this agent and what she has to deal with here because. You know, Nick Fury basically shoots and kills the man um, because he might have gone crazy with his powers, and they looks like they're going to be studying her as well. Um, I I dug this. This was good. Uh, it was quite a good read. Uh, I really enjoy Secret Avengers, even though apparently I'm a few issues behind. Uh, I give it an eight out of ten. Uh, the next up, we have one of two different uh, Superior Spider-Man books this week. We have Superior Spider-Man Annual Number One. Um, Actually, I think it was the lesser of the two books that came out this week. Uh, obviously, the, there has been a lot made of the fact that uh, Christos Gage has said, you know, this counts, you should read this because it matters. Um, and you can see why when you read it. Uh, it is written, as I said, by Christos Gage with artwork by Javier Rodriguez. Um, I like his artwork, but at the same time, it didn't quite feel like the right... Uh, it was just the colors uh, were very different than the main book. Uh, the artistic style is quite different as well. You have uh, Blackout showing up, who's a Ghost Rider villain, which is an odd ta- uh, an odd character to be used here. Um, we flash back to Central Park West. We have uh, Jay and, uh, and Aunt May hosting Peter Parker, and Peter's kind of being happy that he's able to be around now, uh, and because he's you know Doc Ock is very happy with himself, being like you know Peter never spent enough time with his aunt. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make sure that I make her happy, and she's such a lovely woman. You have Jay trying to talk to Spock to tell him, you know, should you really be working with um, with Spider-Man? And if people know, then you become a target. Like when you got abducted by the Hobgoblin, he's really worried about Peter, especially for what could happen uh, to Aunt May if anything should happen to Peter. Uh, Peter then takes off, and he's there's some great shots in this issue of. Of Doc Ock remembering trying to marry Aunt May, which is hilarious, but nice that it's being utilized. Um, you have Spider-Man then is on the subway. He's testing out the limits of his Spider-Bots, and then he finds out that this villain has gone to uh, Jay and Aunt May's, and um, so he's kind of racing out of the subway to go, you know, basically save his family, and he gets there, and it's too late. Aunt May has already been abducted, so... He goes and home and contacts the guy, and the guy obviously wants Sp- Peter Parker to sabotage Spider-Man's equipment so that he could take him out. Um, and obviously, Spider-Man's like, I, you know, I I'm smart enough that I know where he is. The minute he called me, I knew where he was. I can get him. 
And so he needs to learn more about Blackout. So he calls up Danny Ketch, who I don't even know how that's even possible. He even has his number, but whatever. Uh, so he talks to Ketch, and Ketch tells him some more. I don't know anything about what's going on with Ketch these days, so I was impressed that he was even in a comic. Um, and so Spider-Man is worried about if he goes to Doctor Strange for help, that Doctor Strange might be able to figure out what's going on with his mind, so he wants to stay away from there, which is interesting as well. Uh, so then he goes to take on Blackout, and it's uh, he takes him out relatively easily, but then he like brutalizes him and uh, tortures him, and you get, definitely looks like Aunt May kind of sees what's going on and is a little bit terrified of what of what Spider-Man is willing to do and the lengths he's going to uh, to get things done, and that would be quite scary. Uh, the next day, Peter Parker is robbed, um, but uh, the guy when he realizes it's Peter Parker goes to him and is like, you know, like, I'm sorry, I, I just, you know, tell, tell, basically tell Spider-Man I've got kids, I didn't mean to do this, if I'd known who you were, I never would have robbed you. It's an interesting perspective, because now that Spider-Man has told Blackout to tell everyone, you know, if you mess with Peter Parker, I'm going to get you, uh, everyone's really running scared, so you do not touch Peter Parker without fear of reprisal. And, um, then, uh, you have a glimpse at the Goblin, and, uh, I believe... Is this Menace? I don't even know who's talking to exactly, or just another random goblin, but uh, the Green Goblin is basically saying that, uh, you know, we're going to mess with his family or with his people, the people close to him, and he's not scared because it's a tradition to mess with people who are close to Peter. Um, there's definitely a sense here that the idea of May being frightened by Spider-Man again uh, because of his brutality is something that could be picked up by Slot in the main book. Um, you also have, obviously, the idea that the Green Goblin is planning something. That's coming up as well. Um, it de I definitely felt like this issue did matter. I just wish the artwork was a little bit more consistent, especially the colors with what we've been seeing in the main book on a regular basis. Um, but I did give uh, a good rating to this because uh, I did enjoy it. It was a fun read, and I gave it a yes. I originally was, was going to give it a 7 because I wasn't a huge fan of the art, but I'm actually going to upgrade that to a 7.5. Uh, next up is Superior Spider-Man Team-Up, number eight. That's right, number six. I gave it an eight out of ten. Great read. Uh, very enjoyable. Um, it's basically continuing the team-up with Sun Girl. You have uh, a revelation here about her parentage. Uh, you have the Superior Six. Everyone's kind of wondering what's going on with the uh, Spider-Man working with these villains, and that's kind of out in the media. So there's definitely a public sentiment against Spider-Man a bit. Um... And uh, you have the war the masses of evil going up against the Superior Six, which is actually really cool to see. I really dug that. Um, uh, this was just a, a really good, and entertaining, enjoyable read. And Lightmaster got to show up, which was nice as well. Uh, that's right. It's actually nice when Lightmaster shows up. Um, so I like this a lot. Uh, it's artwork by Marco Cicchetto, who I've always enjoyed his artwork. Uh, Christopher Yost does a great job in writing Superior Spider-Man. Um, I give it an 8 out of 10. And the last book this week is X-Men number 7, also a good read by Brian Wood. Uh, artwork by Terry and Rachel Dodson. I'm not a huge fan of the Dodsons. I don't even know what's really going on with Lady Deathstrike these days. I don't know what the where she died, quote-unquote, but uh, I thought it was just an interesting concept here. That being said, I don't like that um, the Dodsons are the art, artwork uh, team. I really enjoyed Coypel and then the other artists during the Battle of the Atom crossover. I just find that 
Uh, Dodson's artwork is a little bit too cheesecakey at times. Um, the look on the uh, the female faces aren't always the best, and then the proportions are always crazy and not in, I don't know not in an enjoyable way. It just looks very cheesecakey. And uh, that being said, good issue because you have this woman uh, with the basically having downloaded and assimilated the uh, Lady Deathstrike consciousness into her, so she's now kind of is Deathstrike as far as she's concerned. Uh, she wants to attack the X Men. Uh, and find out more about the Karima Shippendar, uh, the uh, former Omega Sentinel, uh, but things don't quite go the way she expects. Um, you have M joining the squad and showing up at the and having a little bit of a, a, a negative reaction from Jubilee. I, I really dug this. This was an entertaining read. I'm, ho- I'm hoping that the book will go in a good direction after Battle of the Atom. Uh, Battle of the Atom doesn't seem to have really changed anything about this book, but. Uh, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. And the books so I did not get a chance to read this week. We have 100 Bullets, Brother Lono, number 6. Uh, a plus X, number 14. Animal Man, 25. Avengers AI, number 6. Batman 66, number 5. Batman and Two-Face, 25. Batman Beyond Universe, number 4. Batwoman, 25. Cable and X, 416. Cataclysm Ultimus, number 1. Daredevil, 33. Dexter, number 5. Fables, 135. Fantastic Four, 14. Green Lantern, New Guardians, 25. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number 8. Indestructible Hulk, 15. Longshot Saves and Marvel Universe, number 2. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 25. Scooby-Doo, Team Up number 1, Supergirl 25, Thunderbolts 18, Trinity of Sin, Pandora number 5, Uncanny X-Men 14, Wake number 5, Wolverine Max number 13, Wonder Woman 25, X-Men Legacy 20, and Young Avengers number 12. So that is a lot of books I did not get a chance to read. Uh, only a few in particular that are actually sad about having not had the chance. Throughout the rest, I'm kind of like, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. Um... Quick shout out to uh, a trade that came out last week that I picked up at the store, which was uh, the X Men Skinning of Souls trade paperback. It is uh, collecting, I believe, X Men 17 to 24 from the mid 90s or around 92, 93. Uh, it's by Fabian Nicieza and a few other writers. Um, it's artwork by Andy Kubert, um, uh, Brandon Peterson, and a couple others. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, it's obviously very old. It's very dated in some ways. Uh, but some of the artwork by Andy Kubert is just brilliant. Uh, it contains the first X-Men comic I ever actually read, which was X-Men 20. I still own it, but it was... Uh, I think I mentioned this before in the podcast. I had pieces of a cutout by a classmate before he was kind of like, Oh, well, you want this? I mean, I'm done with it. Uh, and I was like, yeah, that looks really cool. And I read it, and I obviously loved it. Uh, and I loved X-Men from there and onwards, but I never really read the entirety of that issue and saw all the artwork, so it was nice to actually have it in trade paperback form now in this new trade, which is part of the reasons why I got it. Looking forward to things coming out this coming week, uh, or as of today or tomorrow, depending on, I guess, when this goes up. It's going to go up on Wednesday, so basically today, later today, uh, some highlights from this week's comics include uh, Aquaman 25, uh, you have the Batman and Robin trade paperback, volume 2, with The Pearl, you also have uh, the Death of the Family hardcover for Batman and Robin coming out. Uh, you have some Batman Incorporated hardcovers and trades coming as well. Uh, you have Catwoman 25, which is part of Zero Year. Damien, Son of Batman number 2. You have Flash number 25, which is part of Zero Year. Uh, you have Forever Evil Argus. Uh, the Joker, Clown Prince of Crime trade paperback, which I'm surprised they've been reprinting, which is a really kind of cool, weird thing to reprint. Um, and then from, from, let's see, from Marvel... 
we have all new X-Men 19 I believe the Avengers, end of Avengers Arena in number 18 Avengers Assemble 21 you have the Avengers uh, trade paperback Absolute Vision Part Book 1 which is by Roger Stern so fans of Roger Stern and the Avengers should pick that up uh, we also have coming up uh, the third and I believe final trade of the Gambit trade, uh, recent Gambit series. Uh, you have Hawkeye 14 coming out. Infinity number six is the big release coming out, as well as Infinity Heist number three, Infinity Hunt number four. Um, you have the uh, trade paperback for the recent Morbius uh, series, which I would not recommend getting. Uh, New Avengers number 12, Infinity tie in. Nova number 10, which is an Infinity tie in. Uh, Scarlet Spider 24, which I think might be the last issue or maybe second last. Uh, you have a hardcover of Spider-Man and Wolverine by Wells and Maduera. You have the second collection of the Big Time Complete Collections, which I'm really excited about getting. Uh, there's Spider-Man Mark of Tarantula trade paperback, which I personally had originally pre-ordered, but then I realized when they solicited the uh, Roger Stern omnibus of Amazing Spider-Man that there was no point in me getting a trade paperback of any of his material because it's all going to be in the hardcover anyway. So originally I would have been buying that, but I actually had ended up deciding not to, obviously. Um, you have the uh, Superior Spider-Man Third Trade, uh, let's see, which is No Escape, which that doesn't seem right because I think that actually came out last week. Um, yeah, that definitely came out last week because I remember I bought it last week and I was excited to buy it. But anyways, I guess it's it's on the diamond list again, um, as well as Superior Carnage 5, Superior Spider-Man 22, Uncanny Avengers 14, Uncanny X-Force 14, Wolverine the X-Men 38, and Wolverine the X-Men Annual number 1, which is an Infinity tie-in. Also, for those who love Amazon Fish and those kinds of products, uh, Wolverine the X-Men is getting the omnibus treatment coming up very soon. I believe it's coming out in June or July next year. Well, I guess it's not that soon, but it, it, it'll, it'll happen soon. Anyways, thank you for joining me for this podcast. Uh, please like uh, our Facebook page. Uh, email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com post in the HT Realm threads and please rate and review the show for iTunes and if you have done a rating or review let me know maybe send me a link that shows me uh, that you actually have a comment uh, as I mentioned on the last podcast uh, AJ Reese uh, again fan, fan and friend of the show um, he put a really nice rating and review but I actually couldn't even read it the damn thing until he actually sent me a specific link that showed it uh, because for whatever reason, whenever I was on the iTunes page, it never showed what, that it was there. Um, and as I mentioned in the last episode, I kind of thought AJ was lying. Not in a mean way, but more like, you know, I don't see it, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he set me straight, though. Um, this is, apparently, maybe I'll sign off every episode by telling this anecdote and calling AJ a liar. And then also saying, no, he's not. He's a good guy. Uh, thank you for joining me for episode 121. I can't believe... It's 121 episodes already. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a really crazy year and a bit now doing the podcast. It's so much fun, um, and I really love hearing feedback. So really, like I, if you could, even if you just post like a few comments in the threads, uh, it's very much appreciated because I just like knowing that it's not just in a vacuum. Obviously, I, I know how many times the show gets downloaded, and I'm, that makes me happy beyond all measure. But uh, there's also something to be said for actually hearing what people think of the show, what they'd like that would be better. Um, I mean, AJ, frequently I've solicited ideas from him, and he's been a great sounding board for the show, and I really appreciate, especially for the review episodes, I think he's made the episodes a lot better, just for how he had some really good constructive criticisms on how to modify how he was doing ratings uh, for issues, which I think has been really helpful 
uh, and has definitely been something I've, I've taken to heart. Um, as well as for a little while, I started getting away from doing a little bit more of the episode of the, sorry, an issue recap in the reviews. So I've been doing a little bit more of that, and that's completely attributable to uh, AJ's uh, suggestion because he was like, you know, I, I noticed that this has changed. Obviously, you haven't had as much time to do the episodes. You run through the books a little bit faster, but this is something that kind of fell by the wayside and uh, I've tried to for the most part to make sure it got re-injected back into the show anyway so um, I, I, you know any comments that you do give to the show are heard and if they're really good constructive criticisms I will try to integrate them into the show because I'm always trying to make the show a better more enjoyable listening experience even if that means sometimes that I blather on and on for like 10 minutes when it's not even about comics anyways thank you for joining me once again, I'm Adam Chapman. This has been the Comic Shenanigans Podcast for episode 121, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, November the 20th. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye.